Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett. I'm coming from the Toyota Prius recording studio as usual, but the driveway I am in is my brother's. I am in Ottawa, Canada. I'm not doing shows. Not doing fuck all. I'm just hanging out. I uh, I just spent a week with all my buddies from school. I would say high school. Not even high school. When we were five years old, we were friends. Well, when we were six years old, we were friends. When I was five, I actually met one of the guys in kindergarten. They were in a separate kindergarten class. They used to have a little partition for our kindergarten class and uh, to separate us from the other animals in the other class. And... Uh, at recess time, they would just take away the partition so we could fraternize with the strange kids. I guess it's such a weird system. It's just like once, like a couple times a day, they just peel back a curtain and it's like, go, go talk to these guys now. And so there was this one kid uh, who I saw and he had uh, like kind of a pointy wart on his nose. Just like it looked like a... Uh, like a, like a rhinoceros, like a mini mini rhinoceros's horn. And uh, so, of course, I'm, I'm five years old. I got to let this guy know. He probably doesn't know he has a wart on his nose. He needs to hear that from a guy he has just laid eyes on for the first time in his natural life. So I say to this guy, you have a wart on your nose. And he says, so? And that was the beginning of what is now a 34-year friendship. Not a, not a good start, I'll grant you. He, this guy, this is, this is my buddy Dennis. He's a, he's a dietitian, personal trainer. He, uh, he actually, that was his go-to line when he was young. And something that uh, he didn't like was brought to his attention. Like one time he phoned our buddy Steve, who was also at that cabin this weekend. And he called Steve for at Christmas time. He was about eight years old, I guess. And he asked, what did you get for Christmas? And Steve said, I got Mask Boulder Hill. And that was a big deal in those days to get Mask Boulder Hill. That'd be like right now getting five PlayStation 4s for you kids out there. It was a big fucking deal. And uh, Dennis didn't get that that Christmas. Which is odd, because Dennis usually got all kinds of toys. He, amongst our friends, he was the one, he was kind of like the spoiled kid, at least in, in toy world. Toys fucking everywhere. They had a toy room in his house. He and his brother, his brother was two years apart, Sean and Dennis. Sean was also at the cabin. They, uh, they had an entire room that was designated for toys. You know, and you would think... That as a young person, I would be jealous. And I was a little bit, of course. But there's something didn't feel... Me and Steve were talking about that this weekend. Something didn't feel right about going into a house that had that many toys. It was almost like, I don't know, overkill. You know, it felt like... What Steve was saying is like, it felt like their, their toys weren't special. Because they just had them all. So many toys. It was like, they were like, ah, whatever. You know, sure, I got the Hulk Hogan, you know, rubber action figure. We got three, four of them. Who fucking knows? They're here somewhere scattered around this toy room. 
You know, like a like a like a an '80s movie where a rich kid owns a shopping mall or something. You know, we just. But I but the toy that Dennis didn't get one Christmas was Mask Boulder Hill. So when he called and he said to Steve, "I got Mask," uh, what'd you get? And Steve was like, "I got Mask Boulder Hill." Dennis, of course, went with so. Which that that's I was a uh, childish response from from a child. You know, he was a. He was a child, to be fair. Now, of course, we we have children ourselves. Uh, He has a seven-year-old and a one-year-old, and I have almost a one-year-old. So I said to him uh, this weekend, Dennis, this is my one-year-old Sam. He said, so? Because he's he's still doing it. You know, that's because he's jealous. Because Sam is awesome. Now, his kid Anya is awesome, too. Actually, that it was kind. It was really nice, you know, to see. Sam is a pretty picky kid. He's his father's son. He just he doesn't get along with a lot of babies. And uh, but Anya, he he enjoys her company, and she seems to like him. She followed him around. It seems like girls uh, like boys more than boys like girls. At that age, at the age of zero or 12 months, you know. She was, Anya was walking around, patting, uh, sorry, I just took a pause there. My buddy, uh, hilarious comedian Daryl Gordon Purvis, is, uh, he just sent me a text message because he is in my apartment right now, uh, turning on the air conditioning for our little pussycat, Olive. And honest to God, like, it's, it. It's like 34 degrees Celsius now in Toronto this week, and we're not home with the cat, so we just have Daryl checking in on the cat to give her some food and, and some water. But um, I forgot to give him the instructions. Just turn on the air conditioner. Because fuck the environment. And fuck that apartment building who pays our utilities. No, but I mean, you know, we like the environment. I'm coming from a Prius recording studio. Ladies and gentlemen, I eat. As vegan as I can, which I'll get to uh, in a bit. I, I may not be a vegan anymore. In fact, I'm sure I can't call myself a vegan anymore. But, I mean, I have my reasons, all right? I may or may not get into them in this podcast. We'll see how it goes. I got to do a short one because it's midnight and I'm sitting in my brother's driveway in, in the suburbs. And I got to tell you, this is freaking me out a lot more than doing a podcast in an LCBO, a liquor store parking lot in Toronto. It's just, I don't know, that feels okay, but this is fucking weird. Man, I tell you, the suburbs scare the shit out of me. Like, there's a car right now driving real slow in this cul-de-sac, and, like, that's a murderer. Like, there is no, there's no other explanation. What are you doing at 12.15 in the night? cruising around at two miles an hour in the fucking neighborhood. It, you know, in Toronto, it's just someone's going to work or it's a hooker or something, you know? I guess a hooker would be at work, but you know what I mean? Well, what's someone doing here in this fucking, like, there's nothing here. There's like a Tim Hortons coffee shop maybe a hundred kilometers away. We're just we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Just you know, one of those, one of those organized 
I don't know what you call them, developments, where where they just they plop down like it, it was a barren wasteland, and then some giant company comes in called Minto or some shit, and there's like yeah, there's a a whole town lives here now. Here's a thousand houses that look the same. Boom, done. Suburbs, moving on. Vote conservative. That's that's how I see the suburbs. And now they have their good points, I tell you. Like, for instance, it's quiet here. I am recording this podcast, sure, with murderers lurking. There's honestly, there's car lights still on here. I'm pretty sure this is, oh, this is going to be my last podcast. In fact, my last podcast was the last one because this will never get published. How is this one going to get uploaded? Maybe my wife will find it and she'll upload it for a few laughs, you know? Because that's the, that's the state she'll be in after I'm murdered in the suburbs. She'll be like, let's, let's have a few more laughs. Let's put up one more podcast. What was I fucking talking about before this suburb started freaking me out? It's quiet, though. I will say it's quiet. It, it's too quiet. I was talking about the, the, the child, I believe. I was talking about, right, that... Young girls seem to like the young boys, but the boys are a little bit indifferent. And um, they mature faster, I guess. I mean, you always hear that. It does seem to be true. When I, I was a boy, as you as you may have guessed, when I was growing up, and I never liked it when people say, oh, girls mature two years faster than boys. Because they used to use it for the excuses for, like, the high school girls who were all fucking, you know, university student guys. No, you're just whores. You're just whores. No, I mean, girls mature two years faster than um, guys, and that's why I was uh, having sex with my university team. No. No. I fucked my professor because girls are two years, guys, two years more. No, but when they're, I think they mean babies, you know, that, but that can't be two years. I mean, it's not like Anya was fucking sitting down doing math problems and Sam was, Sitting there just, you know, putting his thumb up his ass. Anyway, they're, they mature a little faster. And she was giving Sam little pats on the head. It was very sweet. Whereas when little boys come over, they tend to, they tend to try to shove or kick Sam. Usually he doesn't notice. Sometimes he does. And he takes exception to it. He's, uh, he's rugged. He's a rugged, he, he's sturdy. I like... I like how he handles most situations, which I'm not taking any credit for. It's got to be genetics because, I mean, I haven't taught him anything. I, I just, sometimes I really think about how little I've taught this kid. I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to be doing more, you know? Like, we were, we were visiting um, also when we got to Ottawa uh, after the cabin trip. And the reason we're away so long is that there's renovations going on in the apartment next door to ours in Toronto. And they're doing like made jackhammers and shit because they're knocking down concrete walls. So we got we to gotta get out of there because the baby won't be able to sleep during the day and he needs to sleep or he's a angry little bastard. So we had to leave. And see, there's, a, there's a, another good reason to be in the suburbs. There are psychopaths right behind me right now. However, they, uh, there is no construction on an apartment next to my head. And so when we got to Ottawa, that this, um, 
Sam went over to uh, his buddy Tristan's birthday party. So my my wife has a has a really good friend. They were they've been friends since high school, and they had babies almost the exact same time. And uh, we went over to this uh, woman's house. Her name is Katrin, and uh, she is she's uh, listens to the podcast as far as I know. So I'll try not to insult her too much. But I can't make any promises. No, she, she's a lovely person, and uh, she's got a great little kid, uh, but, like, he seems to know a lot of stuff, you know? They said, like, hey, why don't you bark like a dog? And he was like, woof. Woof, is that what you fucking want to hear? Woof. How you doing? Not even hesitation. Hey, Tristan, you want to bark like a dog? Woof. Just like that. I don't think I could have done it any faster. And uh, then they said, what does a chicken do? And he, like, he flapped his wings and stuff. And uh, he asked Sam anything and he just goes that's just what he does with his lips over and over again and it's adorable don't get me wrong and i was thinking to my wife and look tristan's a he's like a month older than sam and babies develop differently and they have different talents you know like sam for instance is a is a great farter he can fart with the best of them i mean i don't know about tristan maybe he's too polite to do it in company but Sam, I mean, he can do adult male farts. So everyone has their strengths, guys. And, uh, but I was thinking, even if, all jokes aside, Sam is as dumb as a post. I'm not so sure that uh, I'll care about that. You know, like, I mean, obviously people, if you're given the choice, hey, do you want your kid to be... Uh, clever or or as dumb as rocks and you're gonna go well he might be nice if he was clever but what if they were to say okay your kid is gonna be dumb but he's gonna be happy or he's gonna be smart and he's gonna have a lot of trouble you know like i might and my instinct is still almost to say was being smarter is better you know like yeah, like the Pandora's box. You just you can't you can't close it once it's open. So if you're if you're smart and you're aware, then you know sometimes you realize life is kind of shitty. You know you're you're worried about more things, concerned about more things. And if you're dumb, you just oh goop a doop a doo. I'll just I'll get up and I'll go to my job at the bank. I work at the bank and now I'm going to go home. Oh, I like country music. Everything is great. You know, maybe that I just, I don't know. I guess, what am I even worried about? Man, I don't have a choice. You know, he's either going to grow up dumb. Oh, I guess he's, I, so, I was about to say dumb and happy or smart and miserable. But what if he's just dumb and miserable? And we got the worst of fucking everything. You know, the car has just left. He, he was sitting behind me this entire time I've been doing the podcast. And I think I know what it is. I got, okay, I, just when you're in the suburbs, you sit in your cars talking to your friends or your girlfriend if you're cooler than I was in high school. Because that's what you do. You can't go into your house and disturb your parents when you're a young person. And there's nowhere around here. You can sit in a, a coffee shop for a while, but then you go home and you park in front of the 
house and before you drop off your friend, you sit there and you have a little chat. Or before you drop off your girlfriend, you do a little making out. A little over-the-shirt action. Maybe. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Because I didn't do that shit. You know? I didn't. I was really, really uh, shy in that way. And then, like, the movie, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, you know? You just... In the 40-year-old virgin, they were asking, how can you be a virgin at 40? And he said, well, you know, I, I waited really a long time to get very serious with a girl. And then I was so old, I thought everyone else had experience. So I just figured I'll just stay away from it. And it just got worse and worse over time. So, you know, and I just, I just let it go. And I accepted that I wasn't going to be with another person. And I kind of get that. Because that was sort of like I, in high school, I didn't really date. I dated one time. Uh, this girl, and I got pressured into it by my friend Dennis, who um, didn't get masked Boulder Hill for Christmas. Dennis was going to date some lady uh, and uh, in, in grade 12, and uh, he wanted reinforcements, I think. So he phoned and said, hey, there's a, a friend of that lady. She wants to go out with you, and... Um, do you want to do that? And I was like, ah, uh, yes. I didn't want to do it. I just said yes because I thought, I think you're supposed to want to do this. It took, I don't, I don't know. And then, and like De Dennis himself broke up with that girl after three months because school was over. So grade 12 was over and he started thinking, well, I just want, I always want to play road hockey and basketball. It's the summertime. I don't want to be spending time with this girl. And so he broke up with her. And I was like, are you 17 years old? You know, and I was the same. I wonder sometimes if, I mean, and I know there's, look, different strokes for different folks. Sometimes these, these boys who are 16, 17, they're so horny, they can't think of anything else but having sex with ladies. But I wasn't like that. And neither was Dennis or Steve. Like, we just, we, we, we did a lot of, you know, extracurricular activities outside of school. You know, we, me and Steve played in a band. Uh, we played gigs in a bar. We, we all played uh, hockey. We played street hockey. We played basketball. We were just into sports and watching TV and playing video games and, and playing music. And we just, I don't know. You never felt like, hey, you want to blow the whole fucking night spending money on some lady and walking around and trying to impress her and then her going, ah, I don't like you. I didn't, you, you, you smell and your dick is small. I don't, who wants that? You know? I don't want that. And then, I, I mean, it changed. I'm not still like that. I'm 39 years old and I'm married and I have a child. I don't, I, I didn't stay like that. But it was about, I was about 24, I would say, before I started thinking, that's something I want to spend my time doing. I'm going to let my kid know that. No, no, I got to let him figure it out for himself. I'm here to lend a helping hand, Sam, but I can't tell you, hey, don't, who cares about ladies? Just go be interested in your own shit because then they'll be like 26 years old and, and as Al Bundy said, he doesn't know the difference between a boob and a football because he ain't touched neither.
You know, it, I don't want him to be like that. Develop at your own pace. Be cooler than me if you want. Be nerdier than me if you want. Be happy. Just be happy. Because none of it fucking matters. You know? I'm a comedian, and sometimes I put a lot of pressure on myself to do really well and uh, and, and to get sort of famous or, or, you know, get my Netflix specials or HBO or Comedy Central, and it doesn't fucking matter. Do you know what matters? It's going to this goddamn Ottawa, hanging out with these people who are my family. And even even me saying that out loud, I still feel like that vague ethereal notion of being a famous comedian is more important than that than than my family but it's not true it just i don't know it gets ingrained in your head you know like there was this famous wrestler rick flair who he just spent his entire life like 355 days on the road i may i may have talked about this before i don't know it's late i can't remember and rick flair um he says he, if he had to do it all over again, he'd, he'd never do it. Or, or he would do it, I'm sorry. That's what he used to say. No, I did tell this story to you guys. Because I, one of his sons committed suicide. And then you think, really? Would you do it all over again? And I'm sorry for bringing that up on a comedy podcast. For the second time. Does he learn from his mistakes? No, folks, he does not. If I don't learn from my mistakes, then how am I going to teach this boy? But I have a, I have a wife. She's there. She, she's going to be there to, to do most of the work. Let's face it. She's going to do most of the work. That car is back. I am legitimately getting worried. Because there's maybe not some teenager talking to his friend because he doesn't know how to interact with ladies. You know what the funny part is? Is I was saying that we didn't like girls... And all that shit because we were too interested in our other stuff. But sometimes, a lot of the times, those late night conversations with me and my buddy Steve or Dennis in a car just hanging out because we had just gotten our license. And we, it was just about about girls. Was, a lot of those were about girls. Very Ironic, really. We would have done, uh, would have had a lot more success just going on. But I'm glad we didn't. We're from a small town. Let me tell you something. Success with ladies in a small town. You know what that leads to? Kids. Fucking pregnancies and drinking in the woods. Just a small town. Boy, oh boy, you gotta watch it. Like, my parents were psychotic about me not hanging out with girls, dating girls. They didn't want me anything to do with it. And I totally understood, even at the time. I'm watching all my classmates having kids. And, uh, I thought, and I, I actually myself, I agree with my parents that I don't know. I should have nothing to do with girls. I don't want to stay in buttfuck Newfoundland. Like I, I live in the middle of goddamn nowhere. It's just a a town of six thousand, a farming community, and I liked you know entertainment. I like movies and TV and comedy. The and I knew that the last place in the world I wanted to be stuck was there. And not because it's a shitty place to live. Like my buddy Sean, who was at that cabin, he does live down in Newfoundland. And he, he loves his life. He's got a big Newfoundland dog. He's got, a, he's got a wife and a child who was also, they were also all there, except the dog was too bad. I would love that dog being there. Big Newfoundland dog, if you haven't seen one of those things, oh my God, those things are fucking great. They're just the friendliest goddamn dogs. And, uh, 
that you know, Newfoundland can be a great place to live. Small towns, they've got it depends what you're looking for, but it was not what I was looking for. So if I had knocked up some girl, you know, some first of all, she would have been homely. Just just a not an attractive human being. Because I wasn't very attractive and I was terrible with women. So if I'm knocking up some chick in Newfoundland, God knows she wasn't winning a blue ribbon at the county fair. This was this was going to be a uh, bottom-tier lady that was getting pregnant. So now I'm in Newfoundland. All my dreams are, are dashed. Uh, I'm with some woman who was willing to be with someone as awkward as me. So God knows she sucks. Now I waited it out. I waited it out until I turned into a, to a human being. I ended up, you know, doing pretty good. You know, punching above my weight a little bit. Now, I've caught up. I've caught up. When I first got together with my wife, you could make the argument that, uh, you know, she could do better. And now that I think about it, that argument is much stronger now. But for some reason, I feel, I feel better about myself. On paper, I should feel worse. I get that. But, you know, it's about your mindset. Like I say, I just want Sand to be happy. You know, and, and since I am a happier person and a more confident person now, I feel, I, I, I feel more value to myself, even though, on paper, no value. I contribute very little. But, you know, I care. I'm nice, you know. I'm not throwing fits all the time. I'm not swinging and kicking at strangers. You know, I, I, I give a shit about my wife and my child. I know you're supposed to, but some people don't. You know, it counts. It counts. And I can see the wife. She, she's pleased with the way I deal with, with the baby. You know, not, not work-wise. She constantly thinks I should be doing more uh, to contribute. But she, she sees how much I give a shit about that little bugger. And uh, it means a lot. It means, I think it means a, a, a huge amount to women. Of course, that's how, that sounds pretty obvious. You know, women really care when you uh, seem to like their offspring. But it, it's a big deal. You know, they're, the, the whole genetic, the whole thing. Life is set up that a woman, she, she doesn't produce a lot of eggs. It's, it's a biology lesson for you folks out there. It's, uh, I love giving it at 1230 in the night with a serial killer with his lights on. Honest to Christ, he's still here with his lights on. Uh, just staring me down. But um, you know what? Maybe he's a neighborhood watch. That makes sense. There's a guy yelling in his car into a microphone. I'm, I guess I'm the problem. Really? We you no. Know, this is fucking Charles Manson. I know that shit. But the women they're set up to to not have uh, a lot of eggs, you know? And they gotta be choosy. You know us, we can we can spray that hose around the world. It doesn't matter to us. We can move on. You know? In fact, there's a lot of people who theorize that's what we should do. 
that women should get together in large groups, harems, I don't know what you'd call them, combines, camps, you know, set up tents, and then they would, uh, this, they would, this community, this commune of ladies, this flock, a pride of ladies, they, they get together and they'll just take care of kids, you know, and they'll be like a thousand kids and there'll be like 500 ladies and they're all raising each other. And then the guys are running around like, like, uh, like elephants. Cause that's what elephants do. Elephants kind of, the, the, there's this matriarch and she takes care of the group. And then when the group grows up, the ladies, they stay and the guys, they, they get going and the guys just live on their own. And then they, they run in with a, like a swinging dick to have sex with some lady elephant, and then they go off again. And I love elephants. They're great, they're great animals. And, you know, and there's some people who think human beings are like this. They're not meant to mate for life. And, but, you know, we're, we're, we're human beings. We can choose those. We can choose what we want to do. And pairing up seems to work out pretty well for human beings. Maybe we're more like penguins than we are elephants. I don't know these things, but what I do know is women produce less eggs than men produce sperm. So by nature's necessity, women are choosy about their men. And the reason they're choosy, it's all about the offspring. Of course, that's our genetic. It, everything's about the offspring. You know, when guys look at boobs and asses, they think they're going, oh, boobs and asses. But really, they're going babies, babies, babies. They don't, it, it doesn't feel that way, but that's what it is. Oh, I need to get my jeans out there. Oh, look at those boobs. I think Louis C.K. has that joke. He's like, oh, look at those tits. Oh, I bet she could feed my kids with those tits. And that's, exact, that's an accurate joke about the human brain. They, it fires off the impulse. You should have babies, but you really think, uh Boner. Boobs. I got a boner from those boobs. And it's in the women, so it's a similar thing. They're like, oh, I like that guy. That guy makes me laugh. That guy makes me feel safe. I like that guy's sweater. That guy's so nice to me. And that's really, if I have a baby with him, that'll be good. That's, that's it. That's, that's nature. Right there. So... They have to be choosy for their offspring. So I think when they see a guy sticking around, A, I mean, that, that they, ex they expect that to be a baseline. Like the guy should stick. I married someone. We had a baby. He's going to stick around for a little while, right? So like that part, you can't pat yourself on the back for that. I didn't bail um, day one of the baby. The, you, of course you didn't. And if you did, you're a piece of shit. So, you know, you gotta, uh, you don't get a congrats for that. But then I think the more the lady sees you with the child and that you genuinely uh, care for the child on a level that is similar to the way she cares, I think it's a very reassuring, things will be okay. I, he, he is there for this kid. And that is her genetic code screaming, yeah, we're doing it. We win. You know, 
this is what I think anyway. Because I never see my wife happier than when the baby is happy because of me. And it's sweet. I'm going to tell you something else about having babies, ladies and gentlemen. It makes seeing your family much easier, for the most part. You know, sometimes your baby's screeching, and your family has babies that are screeching, and everybody's annoyed about all the screeching. Or some baby will uh, kick another baby in the face, and then you're kind of like, well, I fucking don't let that baby kick my baby in the face. Stuff like that may happen, you know. But for the most part, they, um, it's really good. You know, and my family, luckily, all of their kids are uh, not the type that kick babies in the face. So it's been it's been quite pleasant. And at the cabin as well, my, my friend Dennis, his kids and Steve and Sean, everybody's kids. You know, they're they're just they're nice. And uh, so when you when you show up to see your family instead, it was like, hey, let's just, you know, hang around and. Talk about shit and just, but when you got the kids, it all it's all about the kids. It's kind of like Christmas. Like they say Christmas is for kids. Yeah, like well, Christmas is a lot more fun when there's little kids around getting toys. So that I always knew, you know, because I would have Christmas and my nieces and nephews would be getting their toys. And I was like, yeah, this is fun. Because Christmas gets kind of boring as you get a bit older. You get a present or two. And you're like, yeah, this is fine and dandy. But when you see the kids' excitement, they're like, oh, my God, Santa Claus came down a chimney and he did a fucking thing. And they're like, they're, like, they're losing their shit. And it's great to watch. It's, it's great to watch kids uh, be lied to in a way that makes them joyous. And so all situations I have found with the baby are like this. When I go places, people are just more excited about us being there. They're like, oh, there's a baby. Here he is. Hey. And then they play with the baby and the interaction's a lot easier. And, and then, you, you know, with, with your family, you just, you just, there's more in common. And they're your genetics and your family's your genetics. So they're attached to your kid too. And everybody's yapping about having kids. And, you know, if you're having any trouble, then they're like, oh, yeah, fucking, yeah. You're like, oh, he's, he's doing terrible. His head fell off the other day. And they're like, oh, kids' heads fall off all the time. I had three, three, three of mine, their heads fell off. They just, you just put it right back on. But man, they fucking, I don't know. I'll say this, though. People, they, you know, they, they sometimes throw out, oh, you're the first-time parent. Oh, you're a first-time parent, aren't you? When they see you helicoptering around your kid. I'll tell you this. I don't, I don't. I am next to Sam all the time, uh, and he's 11 months old, and, I'm, and I'm, I, I never leave his side, especially when we're in company and there's other kids around, and I see some people going, ah, it's okay, listen, kids fall, they take their bumps and bruises, it'll be fine, but no, it's, kids can get fucking maimed, they can just get, be, they are, they are like, they're like kamikazes. They're, they are, they're, they're like suicide bombers everywhere they go. I shouldn't have said suicide bombers. I've been flagged by the NSA or whoever flags people now. I'm sure of that. I'm sorry about, I'm talking about babies. I'm talking about babies wiretapping guys. Babies are like suicide bombers. I got to stop saying that phrase. But they just, they just go towards, my, my son went towards every 
outlet today in my brother's house. And there's a thousand. I don't know why he has so many fucking outlets. But he just he wants to stick his fingers in all of them. And I'm like, don't you get it? That is, I'm trying to save your life. And then he's mad at me. Let me fix, just put my fucking fingers in there. I need to fit them in. Like, no, Sam, I need you to stay. I need you to stay around my boy. My boy. That's how we say it in Newfoundland. Oh, my boy. But yeah, the, I just, we, we were at the cabin and uh, I went to get groceries for everybody. And my wife, she turned her back on our son for a second. She said to an eight-year-old. Now, she shouldn't have said it to the eight-year-old, but the eight-year-old is very responsible. Uh, she's my friend Steve's daughter. And she loves Sam, and she was spending a lot. And Sam loves her. Holy shit. They were just having a great time. Sam likes the older ladies. and um, But she took him up on the couch, and she's eight. So as, as hard as she was trying to help him, He's a squirmy little bastard, so he dove headfirst off the couch onto a hardwood floor. And, you know, he cried like you would if you slammed. It'd be like me jumping off the roof of a house onto my head on the pavement. And um, he cried, but he got over it, and she felt terrible, and we felt terrible because it's our fault. You know, and people... So so when I'm next to Sam and people are telling me, oh, you just got to let kids be kids. You just got to let them take their bumps and bruises. Go fuck yourself. You know, you, that's bullshit. I left him for one second. He got hurt. And I don't like that. And I'm not. And I'm, I'm if I can prevent it, why wouldn't I? I don't, I don't get those people. Well, you just got to let them figure it out. No, I don't. I don't have to let him figure it out. You know, falling over the stairs, he'll learn not to do that. Yes, he will, if he lives. If After plummeting down the stairs, if he lives, he will probably figure that's a dangerous activity. And that's another thing. He might not even figure that out. He's a baby. He's got the memory of a goldfish. The If he jams his fingers in a drawer of a desk two seconds later he'll do it again and maybe it's because my boy is stupid but no i i I see the other babies they do the same thing dennis's kid uh anya she jammed her fingers like four times in the same drawer it was this low drawer at the cabin and we just couldn't stop her from jamming her fingers into it as much as we tried because they're quick these little fucking kids are quick and it's and it's not that she's dumb she just, she's a child, and she wanted to open the drawer. And she, the, the consequence of pinching her fingers in the drawer was not readily apparent to her. I gotta, I just killed a, a mosquito in here, in the car. I'm worried about mosquitoes all the time, the West Nile virus, and there was ticks everywhere like it was a big tick area they were saying there's lots of ticks lots of lyme disease around here so be careful and so i'm freaking out about that and i know i sound like one of those crazy hypochondriac parents but that's it you know the world is a dangerous place and he's a little tiny baby you know like if he just if he wandered down the street do you know how fast babies would die out in the wild on their own immediately they die immediately so I don't feel like 
I am uh, a crazy person because I want to stay next to a baby who wants to fall headlong down a flight of stairs. They just don't understand. Like, he was on the bed today after his bath, and he just, I had to catch him. And he was just out of his bath, so he was nude and, and a little wet, so he was slippery. But I got him. I, I, I caught a hold of him before he did it, but he just dove straight off the bed for no apparent reason. But the reason is he doesn't understand gravity, doesn't understand the consequence of falling off the bed and, and hurting himself. Even though, just four days ago, he fell off a couch onto his head and it fucking hurt. They just, they don't put two and two together. They're, they're not, and when people say things like, oh, that's how they learn. They got, they've got to learn somehow. They, yes, when their brains develop. Their brain, he, the, I hate that. When they just, oh, well, you can't, don't feed them, don't feed them purees. Babies need to learn that it's this fucking baby-led weaning where they say babies should eat large chunks of food instead of purees. And they say, because, well, babies, they have to learn to eat. What do you mean learn to eat? They don't have any fucking teeth. They have gums. They can't even chew. They, they, you know, they don't know how to swallow. One of the reasons they drool so much is because they don't really swallow. They just, my, my son used to gurgle for the first, like, two months of his life. Like he, was, like he had mouthwash in his mouth. And I look it up, and it's they're saying, yeah, babies, first two-month-old babies can't swallow. They don't know how to swallow. They only swallow when you give them milk. I was like, well, there you go. So you're stuffing a fucking loaf of bread down their throat or a goddamn tree of broccoli, and you just, oh, he'll be fine. No, he won't be fine. He's a baby. He can't chew. He can't swallow. You know, and they're like, oh, teach him to feed himself. They can't manipulate their fingers. These fine motor skills don't happen immediately. It's also like... You know, just send them down the street and run a marathon. They can't walk. So it's all that shit is the same. So when they're saying, oh, did, did he'll jam his fingers in the door, then he won't do it again. Yes, he will. His brain is not developed, you dumb piece of shit. I, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying my best. I, I don't have a day job. And my wife is off on maternity leave. There are two people next to this child at all times, and he still manages to hurt himself. So this helicopter parenting, look, I'm not going to do it when he's six. But right now, where he stands up for half a second and then falls directly onto his mouth and nose, then that hurts. You know, so I'm going to try to prevent that from happening. I like it when he smiles. Call me crazy. But uh, let's see how much time we got left here on this podcast. Because I got to... Oh, my God. Oh, my God, guys. This has gone fast. I can't imagine how entertaining this podcast must have been. I think it's, uh, we're over 40 minutes as far as I know. And I've just... It's been, this has been a nonstop thrill ride. Am I right? Guys, I had no plan on what I wanted to talk about. I didn't get to a lot of stuff. I mean, what stuff is there? Guys... It's just me trying to trying to get a podcast done when I'm not at home. You know, I'm already late. It was supposed to come out on Monday. It is fucking, what is it, Tuesday nights? This won't be out till Wednesday. I apologize. But that's why I wanted to run out and do a quick one. Turns out it wasn't even that quick, guys. You get more value from this free podcast if I get 
to publish it because the fucking guy is still here with his goddamn headlights on. Jesus H. Christ. And my bones. Guys, you know my, I, I got the osteoporosis, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I Sure, I did. I did five years of Aikido in university. Sure, I did. And that's a good martial art to know when your bones are deteriorating. I didn't know I had the bad bones, you know, at the time. Maybe I, I don't even think I did have the bad bones. The doctor thinks it's a fairly recent thing, maybe the last 10, 15 years. But, uh, you know, Aikido, it uses the other person's momentum. You don't have to actually kick and punch or... Uh, or use a lot of physical exertion. So that's good. So I'm not saying I'm not going to kick this psychopath's ass. I might. I mean, five years of Aikido? Maybe that shit will come right back to me. And this guy will be on the ground like fucking, you know, I'll be like Steven Seagal. Gonna crack a wrist, put my knee into the back of his neck. Who knows? Or I may die. I can't, I can't tell you which way this is going to go. But I will say I'll try to do one more podcast while I'm away, it's it's the, I'm away for two full weeks, and then and then I'll be back in my apartment on Sunday of this week, and then the podcast will resume as normal, coming out there in normal times, and uh, that'll be good. It's nice to get back to your life, you know. Like I just I want to do work when I'm out. I want to write screenplays and and write stand up and do my podcasts and edit some videos, but I just. I don't know. Once I'm out, once I'm out of my home, I'm like, ah, who fuck? What do I do for a living? Who knows? Who knows? I got to get better at that. And uh, at least I did this, right? I mean, that's something, guys. I got to tell you, I I brought my podcasting equipment because I said, no matter what, I've got to do a podcast when I'm out on the road. And uh, I really didn't believe I was going to do that. So. I'm surprising myself right now. You know, I'm maturing as a human being. As we've discussed in the podcast, I'm an excellent father. I mean, I'm just, I'm there for my kid. You know, my wife is enamored with the fact that she's married such a man. And uh, as I say that, I realize it's now almost one in the morning. And uh, the baby will be getting up at 7 a.m., God knows I won't be waking up with them now because I'll be dead tired. So uh, Father of the Year over here is going to ignore his child probably all morning tomorrow while my wife does all of the work. Yay! Aren't you happy you married me, sweetie? Okay, I'll check in with you again soon. Thanks so much for listening. I'm going to say goodnight from the recording studio here in Ottawa. Talk to you again soon. I said shut up and goodnight.